Once you hear Dr. Dan, weekends on WJRB 95.1 FM, you'll know he's right. Really, this is a nation that is built upon the concept of private property ownership. As a matter of fact, the right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Catch Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. and again Sundays at 2.30 p.m. and 7 p.m. on News Talk 95.1. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan. Money and power is a combination that is difficult to resist. That's why the global elite and their American collectivist stooges are now in control of our federal government. We have been betrayed for decades by members of both political parties whose primary interest is amassing personal fortunes and remaining in power to perpetuate their lucrative government careers. Our founders gave us an incredible gift. A constitutional republic, not a democracy, by the way, but a constitutional republic in which the rights of the minority, even a minority of one single person, are protected against mob rule of the democratic majority. While we compromised and ignored the facts on the ground, the collectivists are threatening to destroy the traditions that made America great and are the foundation of our individual freedom. For years on Freedom Forum Radio and on my website, drdansfreedomforum.com, I have been telling you all to get off the sofa, get involved in local politics first in order to change the downward spiral, the downward spiral course of our nation. When we get back from commercial break, Michelle Woodhouse, candidate for North Carolina District 11 GOP chair, my guest on Freedom Forum Radio, is exactly the inspirational leader we need to take back. And we're back. Michelle Woodhouse, as I said before the break, you are the inspirational leader we need at this time in our nation's history. Let me start right out by saying I endorse you for GOP District 11 chair. 
And thanks for being a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. Well, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. So, Michelle Woodhouse, tell us a bit about your life and qualifications for this position. Oh, absolutely. So I live in Hendersonville and have lived in Western North Carolina about three years. My family's roots go back over 200 years in Macon and Jackson County. So we are a Western North Carolina family, but I grew up in Detroit and went to college at Michigan State, both undergrad and graduate school. Um, A funny little note that the current governor of Michigan, who is the polar opposite of me politically, we were sorority sisters at Michigan State. So my interest in politics began uh, when I was quite young. Uh, My family have always been volunteers in the political space. And uh, I was president of my senior class in college, but have been highly engaged in North Carolina politics for the last 15 years, um, and mostly at the grassroots level. I am not a check writer, Dr. Dan. I'm the door knocker, sign assembler, phone call maker, uh, grassroots worker that candidates in our party really need. So to my inspiration really for running for this, uh, this chairwoman position really came down to two people. Uh, I spent a lot of time in prayer on it. And, and my husband, Eddie, and I spent a lot of time talking about if this was the right move. But it just kept coming down to two people for me, Madison Cawthorn and Stacey Abrams. And the reason it came down to those two people was the number one goal of the district chair is to protect the congressional seat. That's the number one responsibility. And I've been with Representative Cawthorn since the beginning of his campaign as a volunteer and worked closely for him. And Stacey Abrams is the biggest threat, not only to NC-11, to Madison, to our state, but I believe she's the biggest threat to the democracy of our country. You know, you make a great point. And I just as an aside, I have to tell you that I got my undergraduate degree at the University of Michigan. So I won't hold it against you that you went to uh, Michigan State, although we had many incredibly difficult and contentious football games between the two of us over the years. But uh, regardless of that fact, Um, I want to, as I said, it doesn't really matter, but what does matter is exactly as you said, Madison Cawthorn and I, I was a, a, a very early supporter of him. I think he's a fantastic person. I am so happy that, uh, that he was elected. I'm happy that he won the, uh, the seat, the ability of the GOP nomination, and then went on to, to run a very, very strong campaign. Uh, and I think that's, that's a testimony to his youth and to the people who guided him and supported him along the way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, it's very interesting here in our congressional district. We have um, we're the second largest congressional district in the state. We have 17 counties. Six, it, we're 6,600 square miles, closer to four state capitals than our own. Um, where you all are right now, you have neighbors who can actually see Georgia from their window. And we have the two youngest representatives, in, one in the North Carolina House and Jake Johnson, who covers part of Henderson County and Polk. And then we have the youngest member of Congress in Madison. But our average age in our congressional district is 61. 
and we have four of four counties within our congressional district are growing amongst the fastest in the state of North Carolina with people relocating there. So what we're seeing is a really strong influx in our population, most of them being retirees, but we are sending really young, dynamic, conservative leaders out of our district. And that gives me a great deal of confidence uh, in, in the things that are happening here in the congressional district. But it also is why we're such a target for the left, for the Stacey Abrams and uh, and her ilk to come here, set up camp in Buncombe County, the, the one liberal bastion here in our congressional district, and use that as, as their base in order to try to get out the vote on the left and impact how things how things work here in Western North Carolina. You know, before we get to Stacey Abrams, and that's and that's a very important point, and I I think we need to discuss that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to go back to Madison Cawthorn. Uh, at on one of the times that he was here in the county, uh, I, I went with him to uh, a rally, and I and there was a Q and A period, and I said to him, I raised my hand and laughed. I was talking with his parents, and and he was there, and I said, I said, uh, Madison. Uh, why, why am I, why do you think I am supporting you for uh, in this, in this race? And he said, why Dr. Dan, why are you supporting me? I said, because Madison Cawthorn, you are the future of the conservative movement. If we don't have people like you in the conservative movement, then there will be no conservative movement. And that's why I'm supporting you. And I was totally impressed with how he was able to marshal the forces of young people because he approached them the right way. Absolutely. And, and he gave, he is, you'll often hear this said, he's the, he's the conservative AOC. I mean, he's our social media. I mean, as much, his message is much better, but when we look at the influence that she has on the left, the way that she's been able to create this, you know, she's a master marketer. No matter what we think of her liberal policies, AOC has been able to really um, create for herself this incredible presence on the left. I mean, she she is, is not afraid to go toe-to-toe with Nancy Pelosi or the establishment on the left. And when she puts something out on social media, the level of engagement is tr- is tremendous. Madison has that same type of influence on the right with conservatives. And and to your point, he really inspired young people uh, to vote. But I would go to his rallies, many of them, like what you saw, I'm sure when you were at them, you would see every generation represented. represented. You'd see little kids in Madison Cawthorn t-shirts and you would see my 83-year-old father they're supporting him as well and everything in between. So he has always stayed true to, to his values. Um, what he goes through in, in DC is really, it, it is almost unbearable for him. I, I uh, had breakfast with him a few weeks ago and he shared with me his first week there, an organization came to him and offered him a million dollars. If he would come out and say, he's actually pro-choice. They said, we'll give you a million dollar campaign, drop it into your fund. If you come out and say that you're pro-choice and he wouldn't do it and he stood firm, but it, it reminds us of what a swamp it is up there and 
how uh, to your to your opening remarks, how money and power um, just drive the corruption and uh, the things that are happening in Washington, D.C. And for him to go there and really I am so grateful that he literally has a spine of titanium because that is what he is going to need to survive day in and day out in that place. You know, to your point, when you look at what's going on in this country, Susan Collins running in Maine for whatever you might think of her, okay, as a conservative, the opposition spent $90 million to defeat her in her run for Senate this year. So I ask you a very simple question. Who spends $90 million to win a job that pays $175,000 a year? The answer to that question is the absolute base of all of the ills that are facing us in our country today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. When 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 you have senators, members of Congress making less than two hundred thousand dollars a year, yet they live in twenty million dollar homes, they have multiple multi million dollar homes around the country. Um, it, it and you watch, especially during COVID, but at any time, we're watching true hardworking Americans suffer. Right now, you have people. In, in all of Western North Carolina, but we see it across the country that are having to homeschool their children in a McDonald's parking lot because they can't get Wi-Fi at their house. You're watching working mothers having to choose between working or or being home, trying to homeschool two or three children. Um, you're watching families having to figure out how they're going to manage $3.86 a gallon gas. Um, and And the federal government thinks that a stimulus check, which I think is an enslavement check, is the is the is going to help working Americans be able to survive it. it. What we had under President Trump for four years has continues to be erased with the stroke of a pen by by Joe Biden. They have decided that they're not actually going to debate or really have it go through the, the legislative process that our founding fathers put in place. They're just going to sign executive orders. And uh, watching him today try to deliver a press conference um, was an embarrassment for our country. I can't imagine what foreign leaders were thinking watching Joe Biden stumble and bumble through his remarks. It is um, it's an embarrassment. Well, in actuality, I mean, every single question that was asked was was scripted ahead of time. Mm -hmm. The answer was written down in front of him and he still had trouble with it. Uh, It is an embarrassment. But of course, you understand he's just a puppet. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is Obama Mm -hmm. 3.0. And and it comes back to to really what I said. We have been let down by both parties, by members of both parties for decades of conservatives who, when the going got tough, they always back down. They compromise, they back down. And like you pointed out, they got deposits in their in their campaign accounts or God, God knows what other accounts they got deposits in. And you look at what's happening. You look at some of these decisions that are being made and you have to wonder 
Well, you don't wonder. I don't wonder. I say someone is being blackmailed or paid off. Well, absolutely. I mean, it's it's ironic that today Governor Kemp signs in voter ID on absentee ballots. It's unbelievable. Or you have Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski voting to approve a transgender physician to be the chair of health and human services. Um, I don't. I, I don't understand where where Republicans have. They, to me, what breaks my heart is and infuriates me simultaneously is they've walked away from the platform. It's very simply they have walked away from the platform, the conservative platform. They want to get elected off the backs and the wallets of conservatives. Yet when they get there, they completely walk away. And that's what we're seeing. I mean, this is this is Hegelian, the Hegelian dialectic over and over again is what we're seeing. Uh, and we are seeing this uh, for decades. And it's what the left has been using so uh, successfully. So so what we've been seeing here is classic communist socialist uh, agenda and, and tactics. That's the Hegelian dialectic where we have a program. That's the thesis. The left proposes something totally outrageous. That's the antithesis. And of course, then we cave and compromise. That's the synthesis. And that's what they've been doing for decades. And slowly they have they have moved their progressive agenda forward in that manner, uh, certainly since I was paying attention, which goes back an awful long way. And so when you have conservatives who will not stick to their guns, who will not stand up for principle, uh, they are either being blackmailed, bought off or they have no spine. And I think one of the first two is what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. I would agree. You know, our, our founders, they had a great they had great ideas. They were incredibly brilliant men uh, who devised a system that if it had been adhered to would be still working. And that pretty much was as you go to Washington, you do the very limited business of the federal government. And then you come home and you have to live by the laws that you just passed in Washington. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, and if that were still in effect, you know, things would be moving pretty, pretty well. Uh, as far as I can see. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom.
once you hear Dr. Dan, weekends on WJRB 95.1 FM, you'll know he's right. Really, this is a nation that is built upon the concept of private property ownership. As a matter of fact, the right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Catch Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. and again Sundays at 2.30 p.m. and 7 p.m. on News Talk 95.1.